The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Morning, Axe Church Leander. Today's reading is John chapter 17, verse 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may want be one as we are one, in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them, them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those things you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Tony. Uh, hi, church. How are you guys doing? Uh, not much has changed, right, since we saw each other last Sunday. Uh, and of course, it's 2020, so, you know, this would be the week that we had. Uh, we're going to dive into some stuff today. And originally, uh, as we were looking towards this Sunday, and I was praying and I was talking with staff about what we needed to talk about, where we were going to need to lean in as a church, that, that theme that Tony just talked about, unity, right? This idea that Jesus wanted us to be united as his church in the same way that Jesus is united to the Father. I was like, that's what we need to talk about. That's where we need to lean in. And I believe that. Uh, but before we can really talk about unity, we're going to have to talk about what's dividing us right now. We're going to actually have to talk and lean into what's actually happening because it should be really apparent that we are not united. And I am not talking about the United States. I am not talking about our nation. I am talking about us as children of God. We are not united right now. We have bought into some lives of the world right now. And so rather late in the week, I, me, and God spend some time together, and, and we're going to take this in a different direction. It's going to get us to unity, but to get to unity, we've got to have some hard truth. And I ask you guys to pray with me as we uh, kind of lean into this Jesus that we have. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a good God. You are a God of unity. You are a God of reconciliation. You are a God that it should be really apparent that right now, we as your children, we need you. We need you so desperately bad because the world is screaming in our ear to, 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 to pick sides. The world is screaming in our ear to be agents who are not of reconciliation, but agents of division and divisiveness. And Lord, we are seeing that within our own congregation, and we are seeing that within the larger Christian church. And so, Lord, I pray that as we encounter your son today through the Gospels and how you dealt with political power, earthly political power, Lord God, that we can be drawn closer to you, that we can model and reflect that. Lord, that we can be better brothers and sisters to one another, better brothers and sisters to our neighbors. Lord, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. 
All right, a couple housekeeping items just to just say where things stand. So uh, it looks like the presumptive uh, nominee is Joe Biden, but this is a very close race. Uh, And President Trump has legal uh, outcourses that he can do, and he can legally pursue those. So we don't know where this is all going to fall. Right? So if you are celebrating Joe Biden right now, if you are fighting and hoping that Donald Trump fights, I hear you, I see you, I'm not going to make a prediction. We don't actually need to talk about that, though. The reason why we don't need to talk about that is because as far as our role in this, it's done. We voted. We may have campaigned for the person we wanted. We, as Christians, on the right and on the left, said, hey, this is where we think our country should go, and guess what? We did that. In record numbers, more people voted in this election than ever before. In no way can we say, you know what, turnout was low, this wasn't our nation. No, this is our nation, and our nation is clearly divided. And so we have done our part there. But, But that part's done now. Our nation doesn't need you to vote again. Our our nation doesn't need you to campaign anymore. That's not going to change anything. No matter how many times we click the refresh button on a precinct to see if the tally has changed, it's not going to have any impact. But but do you know what is going to have an impact? How we treat one another. How we treat our neighbor, how we treat our friends, how we treat those who are on the other side of an issue, that is going to have a direct impact. And so the things that we say, the things that we post, how we treat one another and where we make a stand, that matters. And right now, we're not doing that very well. Right now, we as a Christian church on the right and on the left have bought into some lies, and we're going to dive into those lies today. And we're going to do it using Scripture because this is not my truth. This is not Donald Trump's truth. This is not Joe Biden's truth. This is Jesus and how he encountered political power. And what you will see is how he deals with political power. And equally as important, how political power on this earth deals with the real Jesus looks nothing like what we're seeing right now. Jesus, on the way to the cross, he had to go through the earthly political powers because the earthly political powers of his time were the ones who nailed him to the cross. The gospel starts like this. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. All right, so we've got the Jewish leaders and we have the Roman leaders, and I cannot express to you how much they hated each other. The Jewish leaders wanted their own state back. They wanted to go back to how it was. They wanted their nation back, and they didn't want Rome, big government, telling them what to do. Flip side, you had Rome, which was in control, and they were trying to control the pesky Roman, insolent, subordinate uh, Jewish nation. That sounds familiar to any of you. And if you think we hate each other now, I assure you, they hated each other more. So much so, as the scripture just said, the Jews wouldn't even go into the palace Because if they did, they would be considered unclean and they couldn't celebrate the Passover. That's how much they hated each other. They couldn't even show up in the same room because it would defile them. Right? Jewish leaders, Roman leaders, earthly political powers. But there was this one thing that united them. So Pilate came out and said to them and asked, what what charges are you bringing against this man, Jesus? 
Well, if he were not a criminal, the Jewish leaders replied, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, well, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. You see, both the Jewish leaders and the Roman leaders, the two political powers of their time, Jesus made them uncomfortable. And so they started playing hot potato with what to do with Jesus. You see, neither the Jewish leaders or the Roman leaders wanted anything to do with him. Neither the Jewish leaders or the Roman leaders wanted to take accountability, but they did want him gone. Earthly kingdoms will always want Jesus gone. This is really, really, really important for what we're going to talk about next and explicitly what Jesus is going to talk about next. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus and asked, are you the king of the Jews? Well, is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others tell you about me? Well, am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it they have done to you? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Jesus' kingdom has and does not align itself with the powers of the world. Full stop. Jesus could have aligned himself with the Jewish leaders or the Roman leaders. Jewish could have set up his own political party his own political revolution. He could have done that. If that was his plan, if that was where his power was going to come from, Jesus had all the power he needed to make it happen. And yet, that is not what Jesus does. Instead, when Pilate says, where does your power come from? Where does your reign come from? Where does your authority come from? Where does your identity come from? Jesus' response is, it's not in your realm And that doesn't mean he's talking about what's going to happen in heaven. Jesus is not foreshadowing, well, there's the present and there's the future. No, Jesus said the future was going to come. Heaven, here on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done. But it doesn't come through political parties. Full stop. And anyone who tells you that either the Republican, the Democrat, the Libertarian Party represents Jesus, they are lying to you but it's a lie that is so easy to believe. And that lie starts to distort truth because you see what we're all looking for in our sinful nature, what we all assume will fix things, is earthly power. If we just get more of that, if those in our tribe just get more of that, if those who think like us just get more power, then we'll finally be safe. But what we see in Scripture, we talked about it last, right? Some trust in chariots, others trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of our Lord. And who is our Lord? Jesus. That is where our power comes from. That is where our hope comes from. But right now, there are a lot of voices on the left and on the right telling you that no, Jesus has chosen a side And Jesus does not choose sides. Jesus chose his side when he went to the cross and he says, I love you all this much. Jewish leaders, Roman leaders, 
He goes, my way is going to be different than everything you've seen before. Right? The story goes on. And this is interesting. What's Pilate's response? You are a king then, said Pilate. You see, what both Pilate and the Jewish leaders were most concerned about was Jesus' claim to power. That's why the Jewish leaders wanted to get rid of him. Because they realized that he was the Messiah, that he had power, that when he spoke, it had authority. But not like authority here on earth. No, it was transcendent. It was transformational. It didn't divide, but it united. And it brought people closer to God. And it brought people closer together. And that's what we need. But you see, the Jewish leaders, they looked at that and they saw power that was going to be taken away from them. And when Jesus and Pilate says, hey, you're a king? You see, that's the main issue there. It was all about power. You see, guys, when it comes to political, earthly power, uh, politics, that's what it's about. They'll try to convince us it's about other things. They're going to try to convince us that it's about godly things. And sometimes there are policies, for sure, that reflect what God wants to do. But I promise you, they are not representing Jesus. Jesus does not need them. Jesus chose a different way. And yet we all fall into that trap. And we see what that trap is immediately after this. Jesus replies, you say I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world was to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And this is so telling, and this is so needed right now. Well, what is truth, retorted Pilate. Our problems with truth our problems with news came long before Donald Trump, came long before MSNBC or, or Fox News. It comes from our human nature, where we will bend and distort truth to gain more power. And do you know what that's called in the Bible? Bearing false witness. In church right now, a lot of us in fact, myself included, has borne false witness to gain more power from a political side. Maybe it was a post that we shared where we're like, I, you know, I don't know if this is entirely true, but it makes me feel good inside, so I'm going to share that. Maybe it was an email that we forwarded where we didn't take the time to check and be like, huh, I wonder if these facts actually line up or do they just make the other guy look bad or my guy look good? See, that's called lying. And I get that the world does it. I get that earthly powers does it. That makes sense because we're sinful, we're broken. But Christians are not supposed to participate in that, and yet we are. On the right and on the left, if it makes our side look good, we will skirt the truth, we will find our tribe that tells us what we want to hear, and we will stay there. And then we wonder, when the election happens, and we're all blown away, that we're still a 50-50 nation. How could we be a 50-50 nation? Everyone I talked to voted the way I did. All the voices I listened to said it was going to happen this way. That's lying. And we're participating in it. And then we wonder why we're so divisive. We wonder why we're so bitter towards other people. There's, there's something wrong with us playing by the world's rules when Jesus is inviting us to something else. What is truth? Pilate replies. We as Christians, we don't get to do that. What does Jesus say there? 
Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. And that's hard because it means we have to do more work now. Right? I get it. We can't just have one news site. It would be great if we could just say, hey, listen to the AP or, or listen to Fox News or whatever else. But the reality is we have to do more work. Okay, then we have to do more work or at least we don't share and participate in that which is false. The ends do not justify the means. Ever. With this, he, Pilate, went out again to the Jews. He gathered them and said, I find no basis for charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at this time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back and they said, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Uh, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. They had revol- he had revolted. It's poetic, because that's all of us. All of us have taken part in an uprising against God and what God is trying to do, right? We as Christians, we know that, that we're sinners, that we're broken, that we're from the island of misfit toys, and we need him to come in and start to restore us so we can get back onto Team Jesus. But the reality is, in this election cycle, we all started to buy into a lie. That our team, our power, was where our ultimate hope was going to come from or our ultimate despair was going to come from. And the ends justified the means. But what we see in Scripture, what we see in this Gospel reading, is that earthly powers will never accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ in its entirety. Not the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party, not Libertarians, not the Green Party. Jesus explicitly did not set up a power system like that because he knew it would be corrupted. And this is not to say that there are not Christians within the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the Libertarian Party. No, there are Christians in all kinds of different parties who are trying to faithfully follow Jesus. But when we superimpose Jesus on one side or on the other, something's gone wrong. Jesus doesn't have political parties. Jesus cares about the truth. But, but there's one last thing, and, and this is... This is where it's going to get really real, and we're going to get to the root problem where the device and division is coming from. I'm going, to, I'm going to read you two quotes. I'm going to put them up on the screen. Um, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they are lies, and yet they are everywhere. And we are all listening to them. You see the talking head on the right? Now, this is a literal quote. They don't hate you because, you, uh, because they hate Trump. They hate Trump because they, the left, the other, hate you. Have you heard that before? Have you seen that sentiment before? They hate you. Talking head on the left. We're fighting this hardship because 70 million people want a racist to be president. Remember that forever. Have you heard that? Have you heard that sentiment? Those are partisan voices who are lying to you to get you riled up, to get you to do what they want you to do. To either vote the way they want you to vote or to click on a link to get advertising dollars for sponsorships. And they rile us up. They literally draw out our sinful nature that makes it us versus them and they say they hate you. Or they're racist. And they paint this huge brushstroke, and we get so wrapped up in it, and we consume it over and over and over again, and then we wonder why we're so divided and we're so bitter. 
Forget about all of them. Church, we have Democrats and Republicans who go to Acts Church Leander, and I love and accept and embrace all of you. But when we feed into this on the right or on the left, when we demonize the other, we are demonizing someone created in Christ's image. We are demonizing someone Jesus died for. You want to know who Jesus died for? Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And yet we're willing to demonize them. We're willing to bear false witness against them. We're willing to give up our convictions and our faith in following Jesus so, so we can cling to political power. And, and, and then we wonder why we're so divided. Church, forget about the country. We have a problem. And we're feeding it into our system. Jesus says this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings out the evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For from, for, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So the question is, what are we filling our hearts with? Because if it's that partisan... Bull, if it's that toxic, divisive, unchristian source, and then we wonder why that fruit's coming out of us, why we posted that thing, why we forwarded that email, why we're so angry, why we're so scared, why we're so gripped by terror, because we're feeding ourselves that stuff. And then that fruit starts to come out. And what we have is Jesus offering us a different way. A different path. Where it doesn't have to be us versus them. Where we don't have to wait up late at night waiting for election results. Because our side may or may not gain or retain power. It's liberating, it's freeing, and then it's uniting. See, if we want to live out John 17 in that prayer, that we would be united together as one, as the Father and the Son are one, then we have to be honest about where the problem and where the divisiveness is coming from. And the world isn't going to get this. The world isn't going to participate in this. At least definitely not at first. But could you imagine what it would look like? If the church was the place where regardless of your political beliefs, your backgrounds, that unity was seen, that discussion happened, that we learned to live with each other, where we learned to listen to one another, where we would have a better understanding of what was actually happening in our nation so when we vote, we at least have an idea of where it's going to fall down because we know our neighbors. We know the other side. We see the image of God in them and we want to bring out the best in them and we want them to bring out the best in us. 
that we could be a body of Christ that is fully functioning, fully alive, and so life-giving, and so reconciling that the world looks and says, you know what, we're done with this. This divisiveness, this brokenness, it's not worth it. It's literally putting poison in our veins. And Jesus is offering us a way out in a way that is so refreshing and so powerful that we get to be friends with our friends again. Where family and Thanksgiving and Christmas isn't so awkward. Where we get to be together. Um... We're going to go into a time of confession and absolution. A time where to get to unity, we have to admit that we're part of the problem. And I'm part of the problem too. I'll be completely honest with you. A few weeks ago, I was in my head. I was spinning pretty hard. Um, and I uh, was meeting with someone from the church. And we had this really good conversation. And part of that conversation uh, was me saying, you know what, I, I, social media right now, that was the poison in my veins. And I said, I've got to figure out a way to have a better relationship with social media. And so literally what I did was I deleted Twitter from my phone. So I couldn't just instantly access the latest hot take of what was happening in the election. Because that was literally divisive to me. It was poison in my veins. And so I had to say, you know what? I had to create healthier boundaries to stop taking in so much of this partisan baloney. This partisan poison. The guy I was talking to, he's like, you know, I'm listening to someone who maybe he should not be my main source of information. And so he adjusted too. And then the next time we got together, we actually had a much better conversation. It was healthier. It was more life-giving. We were freed in part because we made a choice to think differently. And so what I am asking you, church, before we get into going on. Before it's just like, yeah, I should do that. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with a Christian friend and just say, hey, you know what? This is where I'm at right now. This is what I need to change to better put us in a place where, where we see things more clearly, where that poison isn't quite as acute in our veins. One last gospel reading for you, and this is where we're going to uh, get our confession and absolution from today. This is Jesus on the cross. We're going to the cross. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with criminals on his right and on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Jesus was surrounded by criminals to the right and to the left. That's us. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, that's us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we need a God who specializes in a different way. Because the way that we are participating in the world right now, the way we are participating in America, it's broken, it's divisive, and it's left us farther away from you. And yet, God, you are a God of unity. You are a God of reconciliation. And you are a God who says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what we are doing. Lord, we come before that God and we plead for forgiveness. But not just to wash us clean, but to choose a different way. Father, Lord, I pray that as your church, we would turn down the partisan voices that we have in our life. Lord, we would turn down the ivy drip of poison that separates us from each other. 
Lord, that, and instead that we would seek truth. Not just from sources that tell us what we already want to hear, but Lord, from the full range of voices that you have placed in America, that we can fully understand what is happening all across the country with Republicans and Democrats and communities of color and foreigners and teachers and police officers. Lord, that we can hear all the voices. Lord, and find a way to be unified as your church. Lord God, we come before you asking for forgiveness, but we come before you asking for a compass bearing as well. Lord, that we could be different. That we could be unifiers. Lord, that we could see your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth, in North Austin, Texas, United States, as it is in heaven. And all God's kids say. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.